This is the official tapes. It's the Grateful Dead radio program that focuses, highlights, and spotlights the official releases from the band Beyond Description. Every so often, we like to see what's going on in the wonderful world of the Grateful Dead, and we've got something really interesting with the pandemic and COVID-19. Now, this doesn't affect Grateful Dead uh, directly, but it does. Talking about the live music scene being impacted by the pandemic. My name is Jordan Groby. I am the communications coordinator for NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association. My name's Corey. This is the official tapes. Let's do this. There really isn't a way to undersell how important touring is. This is by far the longest that people have gone without seeing each other on the tour crew and on the venue crew. They really are accustomed to spending almost their entire lives together, and it it is a weird experience to no longer have that. We're in really dire circumstances. To musicians, to comedians, to all entertainers, they make their money performing. That's just it at the end of the day. Album sales have decreased over the decades. All of these little bits of the industry that complicate how much money goes into the pocket of the actual artist. At the end of the day, them being on the road every night is really what allows them to continue to do what they do. And it also allows them to hone their craft and grow their audience and become established and even more famous. When we're talking about artists like Bruce Springsteen and Beyonce and Lizzo, these are people that are superstars but only became superstars because at one time they were not. (laughs) Like everyone has to start somewhere. You know, they start at these really small independent stages because anytime you're putting an artist on that stage who isn't massive, you're taking a risk. You're saying, I believe in your talent, I believe in your in your music or your comedy in a way that the crowd won't necessarily immediately connect with. They may not know you. And they need that time on that small stage with someone taking a chance on them to figure out who they are as, as artists and to grow and become those superstars. When you have businesses that are in it purely for the profit motive, then it it loses that risk opportunity. You have a loss of taking a chance on these really small artists. And if there's no opportunity for those people to grow and find an audience and learn what it is to perform in front of people, then you have no way of, of growing into being a superstar. I don't think that anything virtual has anywhere near the the impact emotionally that being in a room shouting surrounded by a thousand other people does. Uh, There is no substitute to that kind of social experience. 
I don't think that will ever be replaced. You know, we are social creatures. And I think especially right now when we can't congregate and we cannot be together for our own safety, it makes people yearn it in a way that they've never yearned for it before. I mean, I think that when you look at small businesses in general, there's a heart and a soul there that you can feel tangibly that doesn't necessarily exist in any other environment. And when you apply that to music, which is all about heart and soul, it is undeniable that the artist is going to have a better show when they've been treated really well by the venue. The artists are going to have a better show when the fans are feeding that energy back to them because they've had an incredible experience up to that point. I just think that every single aspect of an experience like that, that, that whole evening, is just being fed into by everyone that's taking part in it. And I think that's something that people don't always realize either, is just how many people go into producing a show and how much time. When a fan walks through those doors, they're in the room for three or four hours maybe, but the artist has been there all day long and the crew has been there all day long. They're often pulling 12-hour days to do load-in, sound check, load-out, hop on the bus, go to the next venue. It's a grueling process, but they love every second of it, and they spend all these hours and hours together with the same people, so they love the people. And I think that not having those experiences every day has been really challenging for a lot of, a lot of folks. I've been in the live events industry for probably over a decade now at this point. I'm based out of Washington, D.C. I've worked for IMP for the last six years. We have the 930 Club, the Lincoln Theater, the Anthem, and Meriwether Post Pavilion, in addition to presenting shows at a handful of other local venues. So I was the communications coordinator for IMP, and Audrey Fix Schaefer is the communications director for the National Independent Venue Association and she is also the communications director for IMP. So as soon as all of this happened and we realized that we would need to get our message out there, that people would need to be made aware of how much all of these independent venues are struggling, it became clear to both of us that they, they needed our help. We're in really dire circumstances, so when you look at the environment that we're in, as independent small business owners, we don't have major financiers behind us. There's no big money anywhere. These are all just small business owners that are leveraging themselves deeper into debt in order to keep these spaces going at a time where they can't operate. You know, we have some alternatives in the sense that people can do a, some smaller events outdoors. Some places have been able to operate their kitchens as restaurants but they're all just minor stopgaps. At best, we're bringing in four or 5% of the revenue that we used to, but all of our expenditures are still at 100%. You know, rent has not decreased. Insurance has not decreased. Staffing charges are either non-existent or if you're trying to put these events on, the effort required to make any sort of an event or gathering or restaurant happen it requires so much staffing to do that safely in this environment that you're still just losing money ultimately. So really the only solution here is for us to 
have some form of support from the federal government, which we've made some progress on, thankfully. But when you're looking at that number, that 90% of our independent venues and promoters will fail, we have almost 3,000 members. And you're looking at a universe that's just extremely different at the end of this if they're not there on the other side. James Murphy from LCD Sound System had a great quote describing these venues and what they bring to their communities and the music ecosystem at large as basically the great barrier reef of music. If these go away as a result of this hardship, they will not come back on the other end. And they are as essential to the music ecosystem as the Great Barrier Reef is to our ecological system. The National Independent Venue Association is uh, relatively new. We were founded back in April as a sort of collective response to the coronavirus closures. As independent venues and promoters, we were essentially small business owners that have been very aggressively independent. You know, we take care of ourselves and, you know, it's a very competitive landscape. So it's rare for us to band together for something. It has been a rare opportunity in the sense that pre-coronavirus, you know, we were just competitors. <laughs> so for us to now be banded together and standing strong side by side is, is a powerful statement. And it is important to recognize the histories behind all of our venues. You know, whether they've been around for 50 years or they've been around for five, the experiences that they've created for people every single night are just irreplaceable. And I think everyone can think of, you know, a concert that they've absolutely fallen in love with and remember so fondly. And the, the fear of that not coming back is what keeps us going every day. But when you have this virus and the only response to it is essentially to not gather, it makes existing as a gathering space essentially impossible. And we realized pretty quickly that there was no way for us to succeed and come out the other end of this on our own, individually. So that's what led to the formation of the National Independent Venue Association. The realization that this problem was essentially a multi-billion dollar problem rather than one that could ever be solved by any real individual efforts. Polestar, which is the industry resource magazine, estimates that the ticket loss for 2020 alone is about $10 billion. When you're looking at the ticket losses, that's not even considering all of the auxiliary income, whether that be through alcohol sales or merch sales or concessions, um, parking. The number overall is much, much greater than that. And when you factor in studies that have been done about the impact of small venues on their own, it says that for every dollar in ticket sales, $12 is generated for the local economy. Because people are going to bars, people are going to restaurants, people are flying in, they're taking Ubers. You know, all of these different social circles and economic circles exist because they're centered around people going out and framing their night around these events. 
and the potential loss of these spaces and of those events would just be catastrophic. I mean, I think that when you hear our story presented with all aspects of it, it's hard to disagree. You know, we are the first industry to close and will be the last to reopen. Just by virtue of what we do, it will not be possible for us to be operating at 100% again until this virus is completely behind us. That makes it extremely difficult for us to stay alive through that time, especially because there isn't really a middle ground. We are either open or we're not. Bands are either touring or they're not. Comedians are either touring or they're not. Because the other thing about National Independent Venue Association is we're not just talking about music here. We're talking about any and all forms of performance entertainment that you would go and see in a large audience, most of which is touring. And every aspect of this becomes difficult. And when you're looking at the economic impact and the cultural impact, I think it's difficult for anyone to look at that and say, nah, we don't need to, to do anything here. Especially when you consider that PPP was so essential to a lot of small businesses in the sense that it was you know, the payroll protection program. It was helping people to save small business jobs. But we're an industry that couldn't operate. We didn't really have a payroll left to protect. Those loans only helped the businesses that were able to operate in a limited capacity and were struggling to pay their workers. But we're completely closed for the safety of society. We sort of liken it to eminent domain, where the government comes in and says, we need this land or you can't do this and we'll compensate you for that. But we haven't been compensated yet. We're currently just sitting here bleeding our coffers and every day that goes by without this government support is another day that venues either go bankrupt or their owners continue to go further into debt. Currently, the Save Our Stages Act is the major bill that is in Congress. The Save Our Stages Act is specifically geared to our industry. It is a $10 billion grant program that basically helps us to write off those ticket losses. It would be administered by the Small Business Administration, and it has somewhere in the realm of, I think, we're at 45 or 46 senator co-sponsors and in the 140s, 150s um, in the House of Representatives. It was just recently added to Pelosi's stimulus package, which passed the House the other day. And so now we're just waiting on a Senate vote that will hopefully come soon, providing everyone with aid, but also us included. The Restart Act more broadly is sort of to fill in any and all gaps that the PPP had. So it is another loan program just with different stipulations on loan forgiveness and where that money can be used. So that's currently where we're at as far as the, the government is concerned. And then the emergency relief fund is something that we've been working towards starting. So it will help these venues that are really in their final days to hang on just a little bit longer until that congressional support comes through. This emergency relief fund is not going to be enough to keep venues alive through next year, through whenever these shows are allowed to come back, but it will hopefully keep them alive until Congress can help.
when it came to writing that letter to Congress, we've had over 600 artists that physically signed that letter. We have over 1,500 artists that have supported us either by virtually signing that letter or by sharing our stories on social media. It's recognizable by everyone in this industry just how important these spaces are. Dave Grohl was just some kid from Virginia and fell in love with punk music at underground shows and at the 930 Club and would not be who he is today without those experiences. And he will readily admit that at every opportunity. All of these artists got their start at these small stages, and so they recognize the importance of it. And they understand that the loss of any of these is just irreplaceable, let alone all of them. I think our experience with artists and the industry is what has allowed us to have the stance that we do and the power that we do with Congress. You know, we've, we're used to negotiating, we're used to standing up for ourselves, and at the end of the day, we're all just in it for the sake of the fan. You know, we want anyone who walks through those doors every night to have the best experience possible. And the artist brings so much to that. But at the same time, the artist could have an incredible set. But if they came through that door and someone was rude to them at the door, you've lost them. So every single step of that evening is crucially important to making sure that people have a good time. And it's something that all of us are so familiar with doing every night. It has allowed us to go into the more hallowed halls of Congress and say, look, we're used to this. We know that this isn't easy, but we also know that it's important. So SaveOurStages.com is our main advocacy website. You can navigate to that page and it will have a pre-filled out letter for you to send to your representatives. Feel free to make any changes to the letter that you'd like. We've only gotten this far in Congress because over two million letters have been sent by our fans and our patrons and our artists. They've reached all 538 members of Congress and we certainly wouldn't be here without that support. So continuing to hammer representatives with how important this is to people, especially now going into the election, I think that really makes a big difference. In addition to that, if you do have the means, go out and support your artists and your venues, buy their merch. Anything you can do does go a long way to help people hang on just a little bit longer. But it does also go back to the importance of this entire ecosystem. A lot of these musicians also end up working at the venues when they're not on the road. You know, this is the live events industry supports 5 million workers all of whom are completely unemployed at the moment. You know, if you've spent 30 years becoming a master of your trade at lighting design or sound production or hanging a rig, there's not really an alternative path for you right now. There's not a job that requires that other than live events. So you have these people who are extremely skilled workers who have been doing this for their entire lives, who are now stuck at home for the first time in years and really have no no income and so since the pandemic unemployment assistance ended at the end of july it's been even more of a struggle for a lot of a lot of my coworkers. write to your representatives share the link tell all of your friends that you know this is really an important issue 
both culturally and economically, and that there, there really isn't time to wait here. We've had the Save Our Stages Act in Congress since June, and every day that goes by is another day that we risk losing some of these incredible spaces that will not come back. So as soon as we are able to do it again, I think people are going to be losing their minds. <laughs> I, th I think we're desperate for it. Uh, we really want to feel that thumping bass in our chest. We want to scream at the top of our lungs for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I, I think people are going to be desperate to get back to it when they can.